Welcome to Real Everyday People, an Eladio Nino podcast. You either die the hero or see yourself become the villain. See too many dark nights and light the way you're living. They got me living. Yo, yo, what's up, everybody? This is the El Nino podcast. I'm Eladio Nino, and this is Real Everyday People. I want to thank everybody for sharing, for subscribing, everybody that's been supporting. Thank you. I love you. Appreciate you. Uh man, I got to send my heart out, man, to everybody, you know what I'm saying, who's going through the struggle, who got flooded out, who lost vehicles, you know, who lost just property, you know, all that all that good stuff from basements being flooded, like, you know, I, I know everybody didn't get it like that, but for those that did, man, my heart goes to you, man. I was scrolling through Facebook, and I seen a lot of people going through all kinds of different stuff, man, who lost a lot of clothes, you know what I'm saying, who lost a lot of belongings, personal belongings, and you know, sentimental belongings, you know, so my heart goes to you, man, and, you know, my prayers are with you, and everybody who own businesses and own homes, and, you know, everybody that suffered from that, man, my prayers are with you, and, 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 uh, you know, I hope, and I pray for a speedy recovery for you guys to bounce back from this, but, um, <clears throat> I thank everybody for tuning in today, um, we got a special guest today, man, and she's got a real wonderful and inspirational story to share with everybody, so, um, you know, without no further ado, man, I'm gonna introduce Jonica Salazar. Hi, hi, how are you doing? I'm like nervous, so. Hey, it's natural. This is real everyday yeah. people, you know what I mean? Jonica Salazar, a lot of you know me. Yeah, so tell us a little bit about, about where you're from. I'm from, well, my family, we're all from Texas, so. Okay. I got a lot of family in Texas, you know. What part of Texas? Like the Valley, George West, Beeville, okay. Rockdown, Corpus. San Antonio, okay. yeah, all through there, all through there. Okay, all my families, I guess. All right, yes, bro, that's I grew up a lot of memories there growing up, and then I was moved here. Well, my dad and my mother from Texas moved to Detroit when they were pregnant of me, and I was born in Detroit, though. Okay, so yeah. you were actually born in Detroit, yes. I graduated in Texas. an army, actually. There used to be an apartment building, okay, yeah, it was burnt down. It was on the news. It was back in the day, and um, I was a baby. Okay. Just moved there, yeah. So tell me a little bit about your parents. You know where where they come from, and and how they ended up in Detroit. My mom from George West. My dad from Beville. I don't know. They met. She was young. I believe she was like around fifty, sixteen. My dad was older. They met somewhere in Texas where my mom was working, and from then on, they were together. For uh, over 20 years 20 years over 20 years okay that's 20 years successful yes so how did they end up coming to detroit what what brought them to detroit i know you say you were born in detroit but did you ever hear the stories of your well, family like um from what i recall my grandpa and uh, my grandma moved to detroit mm -hmm. this is back like mexican village had a big old apartment building across the street and all that okay and um they moved here and then they didn't like it here, so they moved back to Texas. My dad stayed, okay. and then so then he would go just back and forth, and that's how my mom, mom and brought us over here to Southwest. Okay, um, what kind of work did your mother and your father do? My mom, I remember my mom always was working. She was always working, supporting. My dad always like worked on like washers, dryers. He used to work at the flea market. So um, he was a handyman. The, he the was flea a market hustler. On, um, Actually, right there was on Illinois in Brenner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He used to work there. He, oh, yeah. I remember he used to have when it was an working. indoor one. Yeah, okay, the, you know, you yeah. get to eat and all that. You get to sit down. That was yeah. one of my favorite flea markets. I used mm -hmm. to go there with my uncle all the time. And uh, while I was away in prison, I heard it caught on fire. They burnt the whole thing down. Mm -hmm. I was yes, like, oh, that yeah. broke my heart. Because that was just that. a monument where everybody I'm little going in there eating nachos while my dad sitting there. Yeah, washes, dryers, tires. He was just a handyman. That that was the way, you know. That was a way of life, you know. what I'm saying for our people, for our culture, you know, even way back in the days of the Aztecas, you know, what I'm saying like every they were merchants, consumers, you know. They made right. trades. They would trade salt for pepper, salt for sugar, you know, for furs, right. things like that. So it's like when I go to flea markets, like I recently went to Chicago and uh and we went to uh what is it Swaparama out there in Cicero, and, and it just reminded me of Gibraltar Trade Center. I used to love the Gibraltar Oh, Trade I used to Center. actually work at Gibraltar Trade Center. Did you? Uh, Mount Clemens. Oh, yes, yeah, yes. yeah, that's a pretty like big one, too. Man, I found $100 at that boy one day. I worked at that one for a little bit. 
Damn, sure for real? Yeah. At the one in Mount Clemens, yeah. yeah. I sure did. I had been there one time and found a $100 bill. I was happy as I hell. was one of them little cashiers that sold, like, for Gibraltar's, actually. Just cashier. Okay. Nice Damn, yeah. that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so where did you, what part of the neighborhood were you from? I know you said you were born over there on, uh, when you lived on Dragoon and stuff. So is that where you grew up at? Well, I grew up on McMillan and Calvary. Okay. The Yellow House, it's still there to this day. All right. Updated. So you ate a lot of El Ranchos and, and yes. E.L. and shit. Yes. <laughs> sure. And my brother, actually, my oldest brother, actually worked right there on the corner of the Rancho. Oh, yeah, the yes, Rancho? Yeah, did. Yeah, that's an old And that's when they was Arbors and Ryan's. Oh, yeah, yo, yeah, back in the days. Yeah. Yeah, I came home. I said, Dad, you know, them blew up. They done expanded. I done heard about 10, 10 of my cousins don't work there. Shit, Bibbit sure. worked there. Uh, my cousin Maria worked there. I said, Dad, they must be on good meat for the family. Right, right. <laughs> That's yeah. old. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. So what was it like growing up over there? Like, uh, you know, coming up, going to school and things like that? Well, I went to Ninus, the school right across the street. Okay. Yeah. I just remember just my brothers, you know what I'm saying? I got six older brothers, you know, two little brothers. So I used to So you got eight the- brothers? Seven brothers. Oh, you got seven brothers. One okay. sister from my mom. Oh, one sister. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a lot of siblings. And then I got three extra from my dad's side. So. Okay. Papa was a Rolling Stone, huh? Yeah. Whether he I always, that was I always say that. That's <laughs> I yep. always do. Okay. So what was it like having, that's a, a big family right there, Yeah. you know, and, and back then, like, you know, they stayed popping babies. I don't even know how they provided for everybody, you know, yeah. like my, my family, and the we Romero were like family. back to back, like Sears, they were all like a year. Back to back, every yeah. year, she stayed knocked yes. up, you hear me? <laughs> I swear. Yeah, she didn't she, even know what life was like not being knocked up at that point. Uh, yeah, she started, she had my first, her first at 15. Okay, yeah. 15 years old, that's when she had her first baby. That's back in the day, that's probably like 15, 16. Yeah, hell yeah, they get started young back then. Shit, they get started young now, you know? It's crazy, ain't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so going to school over there, like, uh, like, and then, and then, like, did you go to school with your brothers and, and yeah, your family? Yeah, it was actually me and my brother, uh, Bibi. <clears throat> we used to always be right there in school together. Or Bibi, me and my brother, Chito. My little brother, they passed away. Okay. And then, All right. He was a year younger than me. So we always stayed in school. One of us always was in school and together. Oh, okay. So yeah. you guys were really supporting one another yeah, along yeah, the way. Yeah, we were very tight. Very tight. Though. So one of the big things that I noticed about big families, like the Romero family, my family, you like, we're big as hell. Yeah, that's you my know family. Too, so, yeah. yeah. And we got like 700 cousins. I swear right. everywhere I go, cuz, what up, cuz? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody's yeah. like, seriously, like, everybody's your cousin. I'm like, yeah, pretty much. You You're right. That's right. Crazy, yeah. yeah. But like, like what, what like my mother used to share stories about because they had nine kids in the family and um you know just they get deprived of you know certain love and attention affection things like that because usually your parents are working to provide with for the whole family so yeah, it's like everybody's home. pretty much raising themselves right nobody. but the thing about it is a lot of times they miss out on a lot of affection they miss out on time they miss out on quality quality time because when you're that big you know what i'm saying of a family it's it's uh you know it's hard to focus on one or two children you know what I'm right. saying? especially when you're working There's all of us too especially while we're younger yeah for sure so we always were very independent growing up and i depended a lot on my older brothers growing up so. okay that's how it was for me. I'm so, like Melon, yeah. Are you cold? You want me to turn yeah, the fan a little bit? Can I twist the fan a little bit, bro? Thank you. She over here shimmering like a cat. I man. am. <laughs> I know I'm if you were nervous or cold. No, I was like, a little bit of both. A little bit of yeah. both. No, it's, it's all good. You straight. So, um... So, uh, so where did you go after that? After you leave Ninus and... and, and oh, uh, I was on that over there for a few years, actually, because... You were there for around my whole ninus years of all of that street. And then I remember just like, you know what I'm saying, across the street, just the wrong crowd across the street growing up and just mm-hmm. seeing them brothers being around that and you know, whatnot. Mm-hmm. So Cause you lived dead smack in the neighborhood, you know what I'm saying? Like you was How- it, that right was there. headquarters there, you know right what I mean? Right there, that's where all the so, so anybody who was there, you you was with it, you know what I mean? Yeah. In one form or another. And that's all I seen, too. You know, you're riding your bike and hanging out, and you seen just that right there across the street. So, I mean, that's what mm-hmm. you're around all the time. 
then we end up moving to Hubbard and Vernon between Hubbard or Vernon and Tupelo. Okay. All right. And um, what was different about moving from there? Like, was it the same people you maintain the same relationships or, or, um, you know, was it, was it different living on that side? Not so much to me because I always kept in touch with everybody because we all went to like Earhart or Clifford. Like I went to Clifford mm-hmm. for my sixth grade year and then I went to Earhart. So we were always still seeing each other throughout the neighborhood. Okay. All right. So what was your relationship with like your with all with all your brothers? Like were they were they very attentive to you? Did they, were they like becoming father figures in your life or Well yeah, I remember a lot of my brother Angel and Baby always being like there for me, you know what I'm saying? Because at that time they my mom and them already split, you know what I'm saying? They had a toxic mm-hmm. relationship. So that was out the picture. My dad moved back to Texas and uh I depended more on my older brothers, you know what I'm saying? They they came home, they were used to work at Amici's. They oh, were yeah, only yeah. about 16, 15. Mm-hmm. So they used to bring back pizza and make sure I had the house clean, you know, mm-hmm. stuff like that. They were the ones like fed me and whatnot because mom was always working. Mm-hmm. So what was your relationship with your mother and what was your personal relationship with your father? With my mother, I can honestly say I love my mother, but... Me and her never had the perfect relationship growing mm-hmm. up, you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? It's never been peachy clean between me and her. So it was never, I feel like I never had a mother growing up, you know what I'm saying? She was wow. always gone. She was a single mom of all of those kids, so she was always just gone. Mm-hmm. Especially, after, well, she was there, but when her and my dad split, she was just by herself going okay. around. So yeah. that's how it was. So what about your father? Like, how did it impact you and your siblings once your father ended up leaving? Oh, it impacted us a lot. Everybody, like, the house was furious because, you know what I'm saying? My dad was a good person. He used to take us fishing, camping. Mm-hmm. Uh, we used to go to, like, Texas three, four times a year, back and mm-hmm. forth driving in a big old car. Remember the big old vans back in the day? Oh, yeah. Hell we had yeah. the little big square TVs and the bed and all that. Yeah, so we would all yeah. be in the air going back and forth. So mm-hmm. we always did things, a lot of things with my dad, but then at the end of the day or whatever, not whatnot, it was just a big old argument. Wow, that, that's, that's got to be heartbreaking, especially when you got a, a family so big and you guys, I'm sure, relied on your father. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, he was, in, yeah. He was like the fun dad, you know what I'm saying? He was, but he was a drug, he was an alcoholic. He was a druggie, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Obviously, him and my mom didn't get along. My mom's not that way. My mom don't do nothing. Like she's just she was the total opposite. She didn't you know how the Mexican moms be? Oh okay, yeah, yeah, for sure. So they cook, they clean, and they work. You know, and yell I mean? at you. <laughs> Definitely put that chocolate off and give like, yeah, you know, so, coco tasso. Yeah, so it's like a big difference between them two. So it's like really that's crazy. Yeah. And and so what was it like when you had a father who, you know, was an alcoholic? Like, what kind of struggles did you go through? You know, I mean, when I was younger, when I used to see him doing things at the younger times, you don't really know what it is until years go by and you grow up. Yeah. And you're like, oh, that's what he was doing at there mm-hmm. at the table or doing this and that. Yeah. You know, then I used to also watch him abuse my mom a lot. So it was just their relationship was just crazy. And and you know what the thing about that is that when you grow up in that kind of household, seeing that kind of activity, it gets normalized. You know what I'm saying? Seeing, you know, domestic violence, you know, arguments, just toxic relationships like it really impacts the kids. You know, it really impacts the boys, the girls. You know what I'm saying? For some, they're like, you know what? I never want to live like that. You know what I'm saying? But for some, they just pick it up as normal behavior this is how you control this your woman like, this is what you live and grow up to be you know you're around it this is what you adapt to in that lifestyle because you're so, there. so even for you to you know if you you know uh it, it, it had ever been in a toxic relationship where you you would think that it, you know if a man hits me it's okay you know what i'm saying because my but, mother got hit and she stuck around right they fought every day and and they still stuck around but they don't understand that you know, by them um, doing that, they impacted the kids' mentality. Right, you know? and thinking it's okay to get abused, and mm-hmm. with, yeah, that's yeah, because yeah, that's no what doubt. you think it's okay, because that's what you see your mom doing, or mm-hmm. you know, whatnot. even even drinking, you know, everything that yeah, exactly drinking that that's a character like character 
Okay. Characteristic. Characteristic. Yeah. yeah, that I took after my dad with my drinking, you know what I'm saying, mm. when I had, you know, my problem with that. So that a lot took a toll with just my dad, you know what I'm saying, seeing mm -hmm. him doing all things was okay. Do you think that a lot of that type of behavior is learned behavior, or do you think it's genetical? Do you think people just inherit some of those type of habits, or do you think it's something that's learned? Do you think that you got it by growing up and seeing it, or do you think it was just in you and you were just drawn to it? I don't know. I don't know. Growing up in the environment I did, my dad made it, it was like it was okay. He had my brothers drinking with him at the age of like 13. You know what I'm wow. saying? Like, okay. He was the old Mac, like, a Mexican dad from Texas. Just, yeah, you no know doubt. what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah, they get started young out there. Yeah, so, Shit. you know, that's all. And then okay. I'm just thinking it's okay. You want, you think it's cool, and then you want to do it. Mm hmm. Yeah. So let's talk about middle school, high school. Like, did you graduate from school? Um, actually, just finished my GD online. So, um, okay. my phone actually. So I didn't. Yeah. So I'm just waiting for results to come back to an email. Okay. But I'm not a high school graduate. But I did go for my GD. Just Let me ask you: Has anybody out of you and your siblings has anybody graduated? Actually, my little sister. Like, I applaud her so much. She's like a big blessing to the family. She's a, a high school graduate. She had a daughter. She's been with her man for high school sweetheart for, oh my God, since they were like 13, 14. Oh, okay. Got three kids, you know what I'm saying? She's doing amazing. She's in church. Mm -hmm. She don't do, she's like my mother. She don't, that, she's just very outgoing in church. She's in church and she's just a really good person. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? She helped me a lot too, also. Okay. With a lot with my kids. Yeah. Yeah, when I said, yeah. Okay. She sure did. That's good. So, um, when you were going to school, like middle school, where did you go, or where did you go to high school? At? I went to Clipper for about a year, and then that's when like my dad and my mom split. So I started acting out, you know, what I'm saying fighting in school, and you know, Clipper was like a maybe straight school at the time. Mm -hmm. So they kicked me out. And I ended up going to Earhart, and that's when you know before the dress code was red and black, blue and black, mm -hmm. before all of that happened. So mm -hmm. that's when all that game and all that started coming around you know mm -hmm. what i'm saying it's either this or that when you go to school or it should look different mm -hmm. and that's when you gotta you know what i'm saying that's just the environment you grow in and uh you know being where you were from i'm gonna assume you wore a lot of red and black right a lot a lot of chicago bulls you yeah know? i sure did yeah no, i mean I you did. know that's that's the whole tmc headquarters 5600 uh where they say toledo and junction what's your malfunction huh yeah yeah so boys man but yeah, I mean, you know, that's part of the story. That's part of the environment. You know what I'm saying? That's, that's you know, what we come from. We become a product cool. of it. Yeah, because it's, you it's think it's people do it. You, like, it's okay. not just in your household. It's your neighbors, your cousins, your brothers, your Everywhere sisters, you your, your you whole community. Everybody's supporting this. This is what we do. But you get on the other side of town, you got to switch your hat. You got to switch your colors. You got to, you, or you can't go that way. Right. You know right. what I mean? Very territorial. I got a cousin got to come visit me. I can't go over there. You got to come over here. And that's how it really be. Mm -hmm. So, um, so what kind of trouble did you get into? Because I know being that, you know, whether you whether you're in it or you're not in it, once you're there, you're a part of it. Just and, and, and you take what comes with it. Yeah, yeah, hanging out with the wrong crowd. I used to hang out with the older crowd also because of my brothers. So I not mm -hmm. I knew a lot of the older crowd. So me and Earhart, I'm hanging out with people in Western. And okay. I never even been yeah. in Western, so I'm Earhart now. Western skip school, mm -hmm. thinking it's cool, you know, getting hyped with my brothers, you know what I'm saying? Like, mm -hmm. And then just started messing up in school a lot, and then, you know, hanging out with the wrong crowd, which you're around, mm -hmm. right there off Toledo. So I know you were talking about you had got into some trouble when you were younger, and then your mom got you guys out of the neighborhood for a little bit. Yes, yeah, she got us out. Wow, we lived up when we lived on Harvard. We moved to Harrison Township. I went to Lance Group. Where is Harrison Township? Where um, 16 Mile You know where Metro Beach is at. Okay, yeah, right, that's right. Nice it's out on there. Jefferson and Sound 16 Mile Harrison it's Township. It's very beautiful. Yes, it's beautiful. Yeah. Very beautiful. So she moved us out there. That's a hell of a change. You know what I'm saying? Very, that's going from dark to light. It's like about a 40 minute drive. Yeah, that's, that's all Clemens, the way out there. It's actually right before Mount Clemens. It's right there. Yeah, Mount Clemens is beautiful. 
Yeah. You know? All that St. Clair shirt. So what was it like for you to adjust, making that transition? Well, see, I never really got to really adjust as I did because I went out there in the same attitude I came in mm -hmm. from the hood, obviously, fighting, thinking it's just cool, so we go and, and you, out did, there did and you take any attitude. siblings? Did you have any brothers that went with you, or was it just... It was me, my brother Cheeto, it was my brother uh, BB, my mother, it was my, uh, my mother's boyfriend, and, and then my newborn baby brother, and my okay. sister... Okay, yeah. So the whole tribe migrated. Mm -hmm. Well, happened, my brother had moved out there, my oldest, him and his wife. So she convinced my mom just to get us out of there. So we went over there. Okay. And we all lived out that way. So what was it like going to school out there and living out there? It was a big, like, big difference. Very big difference. Did you feel like, because I remember when I was younger and I would like, I would, I would always want to go somewhere else just to see life from a different perspective. But like I would drive and be in nice places and I would feel out of place. I would feel like I didn't belong there. You know what I right, mean? Right, right. And I'm like, man, I got to hurry up and get up out of here because I automatically just that internal feeling like I felt out of place. You know, like I wasn't supposed to be there. Right. See, in my teenagers there, like ninth grade year, when me and my brother, we got, my, we got in trouble. We got on tethers. We got in trouble for fighting. Doing some dumb stuff, you know what I'm saying? That shit's cool. So, um. What would you get in fights for out there, though? Just having the same attitude. People looking at you the wrong way. They don't even mean it. You know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? But me. Because I'm assuming you guys stuck. Is it diverse out there, or is it like predominantly like i mean was it diverse out there as far as were there latinos Arabs, it's just all like white? caucasians and okay all like white several like i was the only latina in high school wow okay yeah so i was the only and, and you would think that you would be popular and then i went you know what i'm saying that's when dress code you used to wear the white tees and all that and i went in there with some white teeth and they're looking at me like mm. who's this girl mm -hmm. so that's how we got in trouble but i ended up living out there from the age of well, actually, when my mom was moving back, I moved in with somebody I met in high school. So, mm -hmm. you know, my first baby daddy. So I ended up living, staying there with him when my mom moved back. His dad convinced my mom to live with him that he would raise me. So mm -hmm. I ended up moving in with them. And he made sure, you know, I went to school. I and all that. I went to, uh, and he was from out there? Yes. Well, he was from the hood. He actually did, like, police work, homicide. Okay. He, he was an all the medical examiner. So not only that, so his in his work in his field, he was in a whole different direction. He was very protective. He didn't want me, you know what I'm saying, seeing what he had to do on mm -hmm. a daily basis mm -hmm. as a work living or working mm -hmm. in Detroit, you know what I'm saying? So mm -hmm. he said I could live there and I was only about fifteen when I moved out. Okay. And lived with him about some about twenty one. And then we split up for a hot second. How old were you when you had your first child? Um, I was 18. 18? I was 18. I was in cosmetology school when I had Yeah. Okay. All right. I so who, what, who, what drew you to cosmetology school? What drew you to it? Like, who inspired I, I you? I do hair. Wanna... I've been doing hair since I was, like, young. Like, I could, okay. I could hook some hair up. So okay, that's cool. It was just something I like to do. Like I used to do it all the time on my little sister growing up, just playing with her hair, and I just something I enjoyed doing. Mm -hmm. So that time I got into that. Okay, so now you become a mom, and uh, so where you at now with with life? Oh and... my God, it was starting to get hectic. So um, I stayed with my mom on Ferdinand. That's where she moved back to when she came back mm -hmm. to the Southwest. So we stayed on Ferdinand for a little bit. I was living with her for a little bit. About a year or two, and then I moved back over back with him and his father, and they had a house on, uh, it was in Harrison Township, but it was like a, a mile away from that Metro Beach, and I lived out there for a while, like I said, from, because when I was younger, I'm sorry, I'm talking about my daughter, I already moved out there, we had a house from the age of 17 through the age of 21. Okay. Living in the house in Harrison Township. Yeah. And um and then what things just didn't work out or Yeah, I had my daughter he got rough. It was it was very toxic, started getting very, very toxic, abusive. Mm -hmm. So we ended up splitting, you know what I'm saying? And I went my own way. I went moved back to the house in Detroit, I got. And you had two kids with him, right? Yes. Yeah, so so when you daughter. left, did you take the kids with you? No, what happened was um we when we split we messed around different. Oh, okay. Okay, so my third kid, um, there was a possibility, you know, that it wasn't his or not. But either way, he accepted the fact it wasn't his kid afterwards. So he named him after him and everything like that. The first, his dad wasn't in his life. His actual really dad. And okay. about, he was about two years 
No, about two, three months, two, three years. Two, three years old. Yes. So while you guys were in turmoil, he's seeing somebody, you seeing somebody, you end up pregnant, and he knows the possibility. Yeah, that, you I, know what I'm I let saying? it run straight up. But he like, still accepted you and yes. said, you know what, I'm gonna treat this, you know, child like my own. Right, and he knew okay. the possibilities of. And then when I gave birth, he still named the baby after him. So okay, yeah, we okay. stayed together after a while. After he accepted his as his own. Mm-hmm. And then how long did you guys last after that? So the baby um, probably about was it about eleven months. Oh okay. Yeah, because it got too abusive, very, very, very abusive. Yeah, that's not good. You know? Yeah. So it's good that you got out of that. Yeah, I got know? out of that, and I was actually in um, Everest for doing medicals for him. Oh I yeah, that time. Yeah. So, so damn, so you got hard. a mom, you going to And then this, I was going to school with black eyes and this and that, so damn, that wasn't cool. So I, I just stopped going. So what did you do, like, when you're going to school like that, and, and you got bruises on your face? Yes, yeah, so I was actually. Like, Two months away from graduating, and it was just so embarrassing going with black eyes and whatnot. Like, Damn. I'm not going back. That's embarrassing. As anybody to keep seeing teachers and your other classmates looking at you like, duh. Has anybody tried to help you, or did they ask what was going on, or did everybody just? Yeah, they always try to reach out, but me, I'm the type of person I don't reach out. I don't let people reach out. Like, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people like I don't tell certain things too because you know I keep stuff bottled in. A lot, so mm-hmm. I rather just keep it to myself. That's the person I am. I understand. Yeah. So when you come back to the neighborhood, how was it transitioning back to this and getting back? You, you know, used to being in the in the neighborhood and everything that comes with it. That's when the partying and all that starts back up. What well, when I lived in suburbs, I would always be back, back and forth. I used to work in Mexican Village. Okay. So I used to come back and forth for work all the time. Southwest work in Mexican Village for a few years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My mom worked there for like about twelve years. So you are you stayed connected to the neighborhood. Yeah, so. I was always in the neighborhood. Yeah. Still partying, still coming back. You know, after hours, young, right back. So home. so now you got three kids. You know what yeah. I'm saying? You back in the neighborhood, and I, I mean, are you spending for yourself? I mean, you know. Yes, I was about myself for about a good almost a year, mm-hmm. and then me and Rico started talking again. You know what I'm saying? I'm pregnant, so he, that's when he came back around, mm-hmm. and then he knew the possibility, and we was there for about a. A year and a half and then we got a house on Rademacher and then I grew up on Rademacher. My mom ended up moving across right across street for about she stayed there for about almost fifteen years. And that's crazy. She lived right across the street from Yeah, her. we all did. My brother lived next door to her. I lived across the street. Mm-hmm. And she lived next door. And you guys had the whole block. Yeah, we were always like right there. Okay. Yeah. So what was life for you now? Like like what what is your aim and purpose? You know, from from where you're at today. I mean, where you were at at that time. Um, at that time. Yeah, like you when know, just a- coming back to the neighborhood. You got the kids, and and um, you know, you're just trying to figure and out. That's when I started going to Everest. Make- yeah, and that's when the Everest. Like I said, we got back together, moving our ride maker, and I went started going to Everest. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I oh, was doing okay. that. Yeah. And how did you do in there? I was I was doing great. I only had two months before graduation. Damn. I was doing great. Mm-hmm. I did everything out. I would stay at home, mom, just sit there and do my work, go to school, mm-hmm. come home. Yeah. So I know you. Uh, you know I know you've been through some things. You know what I'm saying? Some tragic things. And um, you know, let's let's talk about that. You know, one of the biggest you know events in your life. You know that occurred. You know, with with yourself, just you know, being at the wrong place at the, the wrong, wrong time. time. Yes. You know? Um, I ended up getting shot ten times. Um, in the body, throughout my body for being at the wrong place at the wrong time. Just actually really just grabbing a bag of weed. And I ended up coming out that house getting shot up. That had nothing to do with me. And you got shot ten times? Ten times. I lost my leg. Ten times you got shot. Yes. Like, who the fuck survives ten shots? You know? Me. (laughs) Yeah, no doubt. Um... Can, can you tell us like what what that's like to have to go through that you know what i'm saying oh. like I, I hate to have to take you back there but take us there you know what oh, I'm how saying? it happened or I, I, yeah just just the whole scenario like like from the minute that everything happened what you felt how you know just you know what's in yeah. your mind you know the just the sensations of but the, every bullet i mean do you think damn is it ever gonna stop I me mean, you get shot I 10 times for, god for, i felt like i was in a war zone 
So were you you were outside, you were in a car. What happened was I had my car, I just had got my car and I parked my car and I went in the house to go get the bag of weed and I went to go use the bathroom. I was like, you know, you go on to somebody's house, you're like, can I use the bathroom? Like okay. any normal person. Mm-hmm. I used the bathroom and I just got my my brand new car. So I was like, can you guys, you know what I'm saying, walk me out? It was two other people. And we end up walking out the house. We're not paying attention. I'm looking back. We coming out the side door. I'm looking back and I talking to the other two people. I look over, I see a car and I just see two flashes, just like fires coming from uh, the passenger and behind the passenger. It was a nine and a 45. There was two shooters. So you see the fire. I mean, and all I remember is just, yes, right when I seen the fire, I just felt that I heard the noise and I felt just every type of burn sensation in my body. I smelt the burnt skin and all of that in the air. That's how bad it was. I remember the shoots and uh, the person behind me grabbed me threw me in the bush, took nine in the back that could have been in my bag. So somebody jumped on you. Yeah, cover me. To cover you. Yes, and that's why I got And he got shot, shot nine times. Yes. He's got so you got shot ten times and he got shot nine times yes. in the back covering you. Yes, and then the legs too. Yeah. So you damn near got shot 20 times. Yeah, because I would have took the um, bullets in the back. What's going through your mind? Like, how, Man, I mean, what I already knew. I was, feeling? I was I already knew. And you said it was another person. He back. got shot too. Yeah, huh? he got nicked. Okay. I remember him going back, getting his whatever, you know, coming back, retaliating. And I remember the person next to me that jumped in the bush was screaming. So they thought he was hurt before I was. And they pulled him out. So I'm shot up at this time. I can't even feel my leg. It's just drenching with blood. Like, I remember when I got shot, when we were in the bushes, it was just dirt flying. I mean, I was just praying, like, God, please stop. Please stop these bullets just feeling the dirt, all of that just hitting you. And then you're feeling the burning sensations. This bullet right here, I actually covered my head like this. And that bullet hit my arm instead of wow. my head. Because, you know, you duck down and yeah, you cover your head. Yeah. So when I covered my head, that bullet hit my that's, sure that's the one that saved your life. Yeah, sure did. This one right there. So what do, what do you do now? You okay, on the ground, the you shot. Yeah, yeah, and they finally, you can hear him scared off, you know, the whatever. So oh, the other one next to me screaming. So they pull him out. And I got shot in the thigh also and in the arm. So I'm dragging myself because I'm, I'm telling myself I'm not dying in no bush. So I start dragging myself out and I just sounded like the herd. Like it sounded like water hose when you pour water hose because all the blood yeah, all leaking. the leaking you heard all the leaking, leaking yes yeah. so i remember i just put i made it flesh and hearing leaking yeah so because one of the bullets also my hair was up and a ponytail went through my ponytail so it was like burnt hair you smell. yeah it, it was it stank like you could just smell the burnt burntness yeah so at that point i drug myself to the driveway that's where i made it. i let go and I had my phone, like any other female would have, you know, right in the breast. Mm-hmm. I grabbed it, and I remember my kid's father was working at a, a delivery person mm-hmm. for pizza. So I'm thinking he's around town or whatever, so I call him. He's not answering. I call the owner. You shot, and you making a phone call. Like- yes, because my dad, the one that took me in at the age of 15, I called him my dad. He worked at all this, so he always told me situations like that. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Just mm-hmm. you don't put yourself in a shot. Don't over you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Stay calm. So that's what I did. You stayed calm. Yes, I stayed calm. They told me if I would have went like over it, I would have went to shot right then and there and just mm-hmm. died. So that's what happened. I called an ambulance right after, and they ended up co- coming. The cops came first. I remember them coming, flashing their little flashlights in my eyes, and I'm holding them. I remember just crying them like I can't feel my leg. Just be honest with me. I got to do is my leg good? They're like, oh, the hospital's gonna take care of you. That's and, what they're telling you in the ambulance. No, the cops are telling me in front of the ambulance. No, the cops are telling thing, you this shit. Yeah, at the same time, I'm feeling my body shut down. I'm starting to, you know, urinate all over myself. My body was shutting down. So at that time, they're trying to keep me awake. You know what I'm saying? So when the ambulance came, they rushed me in there and they started shocking me and bringing me back to life. But the other person told me that when I was passed, like when I was dead at that time, the first time I died, they heard me talking to my brother. Mm. That I'm gonna be alright. I'm gonna be alright, but at the same time, I'm dead. You know what I'm saying? I didn't even know that happened. Damn. 
Yep, and then we shot back to life. I just remember waking back up with the shot right when we put up to receiving. And they rushed me straight into uh, the bat because I was already died the first time. So they had to uh, try to save me two bullets, hit my kneecap, and shattered all my main arteries, my kneecap. I was, that's how I was dying because of all the blood. You know what I'm saying? Your body carries five pints. I lost two and a half pints. Damn. So, and it, they couldn't do anything. Basically, everything was just shattered. So they had no choice. They didn't wait for my mom, anybody. So they had amputated or I was going to, the same time I was dead. That was the second time I died. Over 30 minutes. So that's why they amputated it. And they ended up bringing me back to like 30 minutes. They, they told me I should have been a vegetable or brain dead. Like, just a vegetable. Man. So, so, I mean, do you mind sharing this with the people to show you know the results of, of you um, know what happened. I don't mind. I don't know if you guys can see, but I got a bullet hole right here still. I still actually got three bullets still in this cab. There's a big three bullet hole right here. Can now. we move the camera, bro? Can you can you like remove it? Cause I just you know I just want the baby. The, yeah, can we do like a close up or something? I just want the people to be able to see. You know what I'm saying? How tragic these things are. You know what I mean? You know, your situation, my cousins with Sita and Aaron right, getting right. doused and gas set on fire, right. burning a house down, like murder, killing, you know, uh, dismembering bodies, like I don't know if all these did, types of things. There's also, well, my leg, obviously. Okay. This is what happened. And I also got uh, another bullet wound under my thigh. You have this one right here. I have one next to my spine. I have one right here. I have one. On this tattoo, it took my tattoo off mm. right there. Then there's, um, I don't even know how much that is already. Two on the kneecap. Mm -hmm. That's already, I don't even know. <laughs> what? Like, man, so, like, your li your life has changed drastically. Yes. You know yes. what I'm saying? Like, you're, you're, you're missing a leg. Like, so how do you go from there? Like, how do you recover from that? Because you know I can't imagine the mental distress, the, the uh, spiritual, the emotional, the physical distress that you went through. I know you say you was in a lot of pain. They kept feeding you, you know, medicine. Right. And, yes. And when I, um, when all that happened, I just remember waking up, you know, I'm saying a few hours later after all that even happened, it happened about 10 something, 1030. I woke up about three some four in the morning and i remember just waking up two down my throat and i had seen the gm building I had a room with the gm but i was right across shade it was just weird mm -hmm. and i woke up screaming screaming so they took the tubes out and i remember telling the nurse like just tell me the truth do i, I don't i don't feel it is it there that i lose my leg because i knew i woke up to you know what happened that's not your surprise you remember us i remember everything and she looked at me she cried and I remember just screaming. The so, nurse, the nurse cried. Huh? Yeah, she, oh, she didn't even answer me. I said, is it gone? She looked at me and she just started crying. So wow. dad told me already. And I remember just screaming for my mom and my little sister, Black. And it's crazy, you know, when you talk about you screaming for your mom, because I know you say you really didn't have a relationship with her. Because but here mom, you in the worst time, you know, at a point in your life where, you know what I mean? Everybody needs their mom. And, 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 and you're you calling for mom. Yes, I grabbed mom. Started screaming for mom. And my sister, I remember them walking in and they just fell to the floor crying. Because at that time, you know, I got nine blood transfusions, so I'm swollen, don't look right, all cut up from the bush. So I'm just crying, crying. So they just started drugging me up then and then putting me back to sleep. And I just stayed there for about a week. You know, you remember bits and pieces because, you know, you're on all the more kind of, you just remember waking up, going to sleep, waking up, seeing people there going to sleep. Mm-hmm. So what, and then, you know, so what kind of impact did that make in your life? Because I know a lot of people who go through tragic situations or, you know, get injuries and stuff like that. They start using pills for pain, you know what I mean? Oh, and it affected my life a lot because a year beforehand, my brother passed away. So then when he passed away, that hit me really hard. He was like my right hand man, you know what I'm saying? So when he passed away, May 25th, Chito. You know what I'm saying? That that's when I really started really drinking, just not really. You know what I'm saying? Really how did how did your how did your brother pass? He was saving his uh, stepdaughter's life. Yeah, they were jumping off a bridge, a uh, bridge that my dad used to take his fishing to. Mm -hmm. And uh, he dumped off a bridge, and then when he was coming up, he seen that she died off, and there was a boat coming, so he even grabbed her. And by the time he pulled her up onto the uh, ladders, he was already out of breath in the current from the boat. Took him under. Wow. 
Yes, it was on the news and everything happened on Memorial Weekend. Wow, that's a tragic story. You're so happy that you know the, the girl make it, but then you know you lose your breath. It's like yeah, it's, a heroic, it's a heroic, it's a heroic, you know, for time. him, but for you, the impact you know that it made on you. Yeah, I was angry for a long time. That's when you know the drinks started. You wanted to go out and get you know what I'm saying. That's when my sister came in a lot because she always helped me with my kid all the time. So she, when I would, you know what I'm saying work do anything you know she would be right there watching them all that so i went through my little stage of like depression wanting to drink and all that mm-hmm. and her and my mom stepped up and um she actually watched my kid you know i had my kids a lot my sister yeah but i would be with them you know what i'm saying at her own house but we would they would sleep with her you know saying, like go out and party or you know what i'm saying drink mm-hmm. stuff like that mm-hmm. i just you know i know that so between drinking and um, being shot 10 times, you know, being addicted to narcotics because of the situation right. that happened, like, like, That's all I, I'm like, you. I'm like, God is all over me, though, say, because you done did everything you can do to be dead right now. You know exactly. what I'm saying? You, you supposed to be dead, you know, a few times and you still here. What this tells me is that you have a purpose in this world. And you got a mission to fulfill. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. I heard that you were supposed to come and do some motivational speaking with the youth at the DHD. Yeah, I actually had a uh, friend. He's actually locked up now. Um, he was doing stuff there. This was back in like uh, early 2016. Okay. And they told he had told them about me. So he ended up taking me there. And um, I was going there for a few weeks. I was talking to the counselors there. Told them about what happened, you know, obviously they're asking about what happened with my leg, you know, everybody asks. And so mm-hmm. I'm telling her, and they wanted me to be a youth motivational speaker there mm-hmm. and be part of the community help and all that. But at the time I had all my kids, I'm a single mother, and like, I didn't really have time for it. Yeah, you, know you understand? I, I understand. Yeah. But, you know, I, I'm a youth mentor there now. Mm-hmm. And, and um, you know, I hope that maybe one day, you know what I'm saying, we you can find some time. And, uh, you know, once things get back to normal, we get the population back in, um, you know, we can get you there one day, you know, to be able to share your story a little bit. Oh, I you would know have what I'm And, uh, you know, I think it would be good for them to hear, mm-hmm. you know. So um, I know you talk about... Um, I asked you about how you transitioned into, you know, having, having, a, what, what do you call it? A mechanical leg or well, a robotic leg? Yeah. Or? Well, for referring to kids, it's a robotic leg. You know what I'm saying? I remember you told me yeah. the story. Let's share that story. Um, it was me and uh, my kid's father and the kids. We was all at the beach and some little kid came up to us and he was like, I forgot what he said. He said, uh, okay, is that a robotic leg? I said, yeah. And he's like, are you a robot? I said, yeah, I got a robot leg. He said, can you come to my party? <laughs> oh, my God. It was just so That's cute. cute. It was really cute. Yeah. And I know you said, you know, you had to feel good about that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That even children see, you know, the right. innocence. The- you know, when I had to tell kids, you know what I'm saying, to my kids in the beginning, too, when it happened, you know, like. You can't tell kids you got shot or anything. So they always kind of grew up. Mom got hit by, I always tell them, sorry, mom got hit by a car and I'm looking both ways. So I always tell kids that. So they look both ways when they cross the street because they be running. That's that's really amazing, though. That's really inspirational, you know, even even for your kids to be able to share a story like that because you want to protect their minds, you know, you want right. to protect their piece of their heart, you know what they I mean? They shouldn't have to know. And, and you wanted to teach, utilize it to teach them a lesson, right. though. Hey, you better look, you know, both ways before right. you cross you the street. Kid, right. Yeah. And um, I know, I know. Later on in life, you know, your your children eventually learned, you know, the truth of things. And um, oh yeah, they eventually learn. You know, they hear my talk about it, other people. You know, what I'm saying they they hear it about it. Okay. You no know, kids these days are very smart. So. So what what was it like for them when they came to to the reality of things? Like what really happened? How did they feel? How you know what did that conversation sound like? I mean. They love their mommy, you know what I'm saying? They think, you know what I'm saying? They tell their kids, you know what I'm saying? Mom got shots and it's like, now that they what they do, you know what I'm saying? They try to think it's cool, which is very not, you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? That's how that starts. That's why I didn't even want to let them know really what happened. Mm-hmm. But my daughter stepped up a lot. You know, my son was only, my youngest son was only three months from that. And my daughter was like five. So she stepped up as a mom. Ariana, yeah, she stepped up as a mom. And yeah, five so years much. old. Yes. Yeah, 
So, I mean, you got a five-year-old. Like, how much can a five-year-old do and accomplish? That's a hero. And she grew up fast. I mean, like, you know what I'm saying? She had to grow up fast. She didn't get a childhood because she was always off mind. You know what I'm saying? She was young when it happened. And then with a three-month-old. And then transitioning. You know what I'm saying? Like, mine. You know what I'm saying? You know, what was that like for you mentally, though? And and even physically? Like, you know, what kind of challenges did you go through? Oh, I suffered depression a lot. Suffered a lot of depression, very, yeah. But then, you know what I'm saying? After a few layers of having it, you get a debt to it. And mm-hmm. this is me. You know what I'm saying? This is Johnny Casalza. This is what you get. You know what I'm saying? I don't care. I, I'm not embarrassed by it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? For what? There's no reason. So I'm still beautiful. I'm still walking around right here. I'm still alive. So why shouldn't? You know Absolutely. No, it's great. It's so great. it's like you learn. I've learned to adapt. So, you know what I'm saying, having to live and be like this. Mm-hmm. But still, you know what I'm saying, I did have my roller coasters of being depressed, you know what I'm saying, doing, you know what I'm saying, the narcotic, you know what I'm saying, for the pain and drinking. But then, you know what I'm saying? What? So how do you, like, break away from that? You know what I'm saying? Like, because I feel like the only way to resolve issues is to get to the root of the problem. You know what I'm saying? We've talked about so many different things and parts of your life today. You know what I'm saying? And we talked about learned behavior. We talked about genetics. And we just talked about, you know, becoming a product of your environment. Right. You know, so now that we're older and you, you've got scars, you've got bullet wounds, you've got, you know, a broken heart. You've got, you know, you've been through so yeah. much. Yeah, like, the car accident you... in February, I got in a car accident. We had a wired shut jaw for a good month, month and a half. Damn. Mm-hmm. No hit and run, yeah. And you got a scar right here. Yeah, I don't have my seatbelt on. You don't have your seatbelt on. My face is. Damn, you've been through it. Through like it. like a like a Chucky doll. You the real life motherfucking bride of Chucky in this motherfucker. You hear me? God damn, girl. And you just keep on, you know, you like a cat got you ain't got nine lives. You got twenty two lives in this mug. Shit. I'm here for a reason. Just Ain't no doubt about it, man. Golly, girl, shit. <laughs> you know? I mean, it, it, you know, fuck. You got you, you a vet. You a veteran, you know what I'm saying? Like, you've been to the war and You back. know what? I get asked that a lot, too. Are you a vet? No. You just better live th- in I salute you anyway. Just live in Southwest. <laughs> you got your stripes, your stars, you got everything. Yeah, damn, girl. Yeah. No limit. So- that what you are. You a no limit soldier. soldier. I got a guy soldier right here. I remember yeah. that in um, the hospital. Ain't no doubt mm. about it, man. So what, like, after even after your whole situation, you get into a car accident that could have killed you. Like, you've taken a lot of. Physical abuse. Yes. Physical abuse. You, I have. You, your body has been beat up Tired. from head to toe. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. How do you bounce back from this shit? You know you what I mean? You keep it moving as a mother. You're a mother of six kids. You have no choice but to not stop. You know what I'm saying? I got kids looking. You know what I'm saying? They see mom not stopping. They see mom doing it. They say, you know, mom, you know what I'm saying? Be on her knuckles. They see mom be at the top. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no doubt about it. Man. So how is it for you right now? Like, you know, mothering your kids and, you know, nurturing them and, you know, having time, you know, for them and, and you know, you know, just just everyday life like what's it I like i mean right now i got like two preteens you know how preteens get they don't want to they don't want to talk they want to isolate themselves they're going through things i mean how old would you see you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. you know how it is when you're younger and stuff like that but other than my that i got great relationships i got different relationships each of my kid i got great relationships individual relationships yeah That's i good. do like there's no favoritism or anything i got four boys two girls mm-hmm. and i just have my own relationship with each mm-hmm. and every one. So you got you got the, your two youngest ones with my man Jimmy the Barber. Yeah, you know, and uh, man, I swear that them, them I love them little kids. Every mm-hmm. time I see them, they like that's the so cutest crazy. little things. You know, maybe Jimmy looking just like his daddy. Man, that's like little Yimmy for real. Man. <laughs> yes. Little Yimmy. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and my daughters. Oh wow. Yeah, she's beautiful. Yeah, no sure. doubt about it, man. Um. You know, I, I just, uh, you know, just hearing all these things that you've been through, man, and, and just, 
you know, you 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 have a God-given right, you know, to live, to share your story. You know what I mean? And I just think that it's important for people to be able to hear hear your story, you know, because um people need to understand the things that we go through, the realistic, real life struggles that yeah. we face, mm -hmm. you know, through making bad decisions. And um, you know, we come from communities and cycles of, of behavior that normalize violence and and murder and you know where you can burn kids and kill kids and men and women and children and rape pillage and plunder and you know what i'm saying right. like it's everyday life and and, and it's, it's like and and it's like you know I, what can i do what can i do to help change you know what i'm saying like mm -hmm. i just i try to love people i created this platform for people like us to be able to share our stories and people to hear and understand the things that we went through you know what i'm saying the things that we're going through you know and yeah. and and what do we have to do to change the dynamics and the direction of our community of our people of our culture of our values of our mind states you know what i'm saying All like people yeah you have a purpose and you got a mission you know what i'm saying and you got to get on that mission you know, to be the best mother you can be, to be the best woman you can be, to utilize your story to help heal people, to educate people. You know what I'm saying? Like, 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 I just, you know, we have to break the change from being enslaved, you know what I right. mean, to, to communities, you know, that are just of, of, of people normalizing of low standard. Yes. You know what I'm saying? We got to set higher standards and we got to have a higher belief system. You know what I mean? And we have to treat each other better. You know, because, uh, you know, everything, you know, with urban communities is all about anger. It's about aggression. It's about trauma. It's about dominance. It's about predators. It's about, you know, all these types of things. You know right. what I mean? Like, you know, I get I, I just get so frustrated when when you hear these stories of, of you know boys and little girls being molested and and um you know you know women being beat and and you know men young men getting killed out there people just od and left and right you know i got a phone call today my my boy said his daughter passed away last night at 8 30 from my there it is you know and you know my heart goes to you bro you know to, to you and your family there, there uh, it is. Old homie pat jones he just passed away from od What's up, man? What's going on, baby? We straight, you know, and, uh, you know, it's just, you know, it's just really unfortunate. It seems like there's, it's like on a regular basis. It's normal now to hear of two or three people dying on a weekly basis. Like, all you hear is now it's RIP, RIP, RIP. I mean, when I woke up from, you know what I'm saying? I know you said shot. when you was in the hospital. Yeah, yeah, I woke up and I remember seeing my face, but just like a couple of days later, I like dates later, I'm seeing RIP Jonathan everything like on my time, like RIP, 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 and I was in the hospital like fighting for my life. That's so you was in the hospital, you still alive, but everybody posted rest in peace Jonathan on yeah, Facebook. They thought you was already dead. Yeah. Damn. Shit. It sure did. So what what did it feel like to see that though? To see I, that, to you see your name, your face, and rest in peace, and you and like. And then you're in the hospital, laying there, just looking at yourself. You know, all you do is cry, and then they come and boom, drug you right back up, go to sleep. You know what I'm saying? What does it mean to you, Jonica? What does it mean to you that you should have been dead ten times ago? You know what I'm saying? Like, what is it that you think that you need to do different? You know what I'm saying? In your life. To make sure that shit like this don't happen to you again and don't happen to your kids. What I do you think gotta, you need to do? I, I I need just need honestly, I don't even want to be around the neighborhood or nothing like because you know, you go in stores now, they're selling whip it everywhere you go. It's just you know what I'm saying? I will, I've been cleaning them up, cleaning them up away for you from that environment. You know what I'm saying? I, I lived on a ranch before in Texas and stuff like that. So I don't even I don't even want to be here i don't want my kids to have to see this i don't want you know i'm saying they're already seeing it already you know what i'm saying and my two younger kids with jimmy you know we they're still babies you know what i'm saying so we, that's how i feel like i just don't even want to be around it get away from this far away and and just live a happy peaceful life while the negative i want to be happy but jonica i want you to understand you can have peace you can have joy you can have love but it all starts right here. If this is what you want, you got to create your world around you. You know what I'm saying? Because I knew a bunch of people 
who thought their lives were going to change if they relocated. I know a bunch of people who moved to different right. cities, different they moved to different states. But I say, if you don't change the way that you think, you're going to see opportunity everywhere you go. I knew guys who went out and had fresh starts with good other family and nice house and good job. And these niggas still went next door and broke into the neighbor's house. You know, and they stealing and, and getting high and doing stupid shit and depriving right. themselves of opportunities. You know what I'm saying? Like a person like me, I had to fight for a second chance. You know what I'm saying? I, 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 you know, being a felon coming out of prison, you got the world against you. You know, people don't, people don't see you the same. They right. treat you different. You know what I mean? Like things are getting better now. But even the way that I see myself, like, damn, I'm never going to get to vote to vote again. You know, there's certain jobs I'm not going to be able to get, you know. So now I don't put built all these boundaries around me. I don't build all these barriers in front of me due to decisions that I made. Right. You know what I mean? And um, and these are long term results and consequences that I have to accept and pay for. And, and you you have dealt with some consequences. You know what I'm saying? They should have been took your life. Right. You know what I mean? So I would like to think that everything that you've been through, that you would learn gratitude. You know what yes. I'm saying? To acknowledge a higher power, to see something greater in yourself, to see a purpose in your life. You know, I know people got shot one motherfucking time and died and dead. You know what I'm saying? Right. And you've been through some horrific things. Yeah, tragic. But, but do you believe that life is what you make it? Yes. I do. Okay. I do believe in that. So you got to change your whole mentality. You got to change how you think, how you how you react to things. You know what I'm saying? And um, I'm recently, you know, what I'm saying I just haven't been there a couple of weeks, but I was in rehab for about two and a half months. You know, for mental health and mm -hmm. um, you know, what I'm saying for the narcotics and drinking. You're not clean. And that's no, good. I've been, good you know what I'm saying? I've been staying clean. You know what I'm saying? Not drinking. You know what I'm saying? Last time I had a little drink here and there it was single de Mayo around that mm -hmm. time. You know what I'm saying? So I'm trying to change my work mindset and work on that also as well because I need to love myself. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? I need to make myself happy. Okay. So I need to just stop and just realize it's just me and my kids and I just want to stay away from the negative. And and the, the the person that has to do that is you. Right. You know what I'm saying? And and not only that, but when you're going through these transitions, you got to break the toxic negativity that you get, that you have, that you bring. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like I had to realize that I was I was I had a lot of shit wrong with me. And before I could fix anything else, I had to fix myself. Right. I had to right my wrongs. You know what I'm saying? I live by a certain mentality. I had that by all means necessary. I thought that I could, you know, do whatever it took, you know what I'm saying, to survive. Rob, steal, kill, shoot you, whatever it took. You know, and these were these were these were oh, this was a belief system that I was raised with. You know what I mean? So I, I knew that to be correct. But once you change yourself and you change your environment, you change your situation, your circumstances, you should feel more empowered. You should feel more in control. You know what I'm saying? Like people say, I want love. I want joy. I want peace, man. I promise you, you can have it. I live my life like that. But it's because they took everything from me. I tell people all the time, you never know what you got until they until they until you, you lose it all. Right. You know? And you've lost a lot. You've yes. lost a lot. Yeah. I think it's time for you to start winning. You know right. what I'm saying? To start gaining back. You know what I'm saying? It's mm -hmm. to start getting what's yours. Because right. clearly you here for something. Yes. You know? But you got to be able to see it. You know what I mean? And you got to you got to be able to look inside yourself, do that inventory, do that soul searching. You know what I'm saying? Look at what you like. Look at what you don't like. Look at what you're good at and look at what you're not good at and start cultivating what's good. You know what I'm saying? Start taking and making decisions that are conducive to that peace and that love and that joy that you want in your life. You know right. what I'm saying? Sometimes you got to cut ties with toxic people right. because they're not contributing. But sometimes if you're the toxic person, you got to get that shit up out right. of you. You know what I mean? Because that shit you passes on down to your kids. You know what I mean? I, and and you can have your kids telling the same story to you. You want them to tell the same story that you went through? Hell no. Hell no. Fuck no. Mm -mm. You know? So, you know, the change starts with you. Right. You know? And if you want better, it's out there. You know, I I know it's hard for people to dream big when they're surrounded by things that are so small. You know what I'm saying? But our our brains are programmed to see and, and, and live, you know, wide and long visions, you know, 
And um, I think that, you know, as you as you learn how to build uh, healthy boundaries with people and, and maintain healthy relationships and build a relationship with yourself and start to feed that spirit, you're going to be constantly become a better person. You're going to grow. You have to make these decisions. You know what I'm saying? For yourself, for your family, for your community, because the better you become, the better everybody else become. Right. You know? Right. Um. So listen, I thank you. I thank you for coming on the show. I thank you for sharing your story. You know what I'm saying? It's an awesome story. I'm applauding you. I'm saluting you. You know, I'm praying for you. You know what I'm saying? For the kids, for the family. I want to see everybody do good. And, um, you know, I, I just, uh, you know, I appreciate you being brave and coming here and sharing your story with everybody. But um, right now I'm going to help you get up so you can come sign the wall of fame because it's your time to sign. All right. This has been an episode of Real Everyday People, part of the El Nino Podcast. Check out the El Nino Podcast live on Facebook every Monday night at 9 p.m. Eastern. And for full episodes, the El Nino Podcast is available on Facebook and YouTube.